I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. Before we jump into today's topic, let me first get around the horn here, introduce my co-hosts, my right-hand men, my motley crew, my trying to think of a good thing to use for today's show, and I'm falling short. Uh, whatever. The other Yahoo's that are going to talk about stuff with me on the show today. First of all, the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerdy to me network. You know him. You love him. He's going to learn you something, whether you want to or not. It's Commander Scott. So first off, I, I do have something to learn you something because I learned something and I like to share the learnings. Um, I, I would like to say I, I I would like to compliment you, sir, on the use of the term. My right hand, my right hand men. Because I always felt bad when you introduced me as your right hand man, because I always felt the doc was getting a little bit of the short end of the stick on that, because he's right here with us the entire time uh, and, and everything. But that's is he I, here or are we just uh, generating his voice via a collection of clips we've taken from over the years? Is he really here? We'll you never tell. Oh, wow. We'll never tell. <laughs> Did you see the size of that goddamn chicken? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's yes. my no. My right hand men, my crew of Lone Rangers. In, anyway, um, yes. so so the learnings, the learnings of something. So the March of Dimes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, I knew it was a charity of some kind, of course. You know, I didn't really know a lot about it. So uh, the March of Dimes, and I'm sure you've heard of this, is a United States nonprofit organization that works to improve the health of mothers and babies, right? Sure. Well, I found out that it actually started life. It started life as, 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 as a foundation created by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and I forget the, what the original name was. But uh, in, 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 in 1938, it was cha- uh, changed. The name of it was changed to the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis because he created this organization um, basically to cure polio, of which, wow. as, as we all know, FDR was a, uh, a victim of polio, um, especially later in life. Uh, he, uh, he, he contracted it uh, as an adult successfully hit it uh, for the most part successfully hit it during his presidency uh and and such right 
But the thing that I found out, and this is this is what got me, because uh, eventually they did cure polio. They 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 you know they they successfully wiped it out. There's a vaccine uh, and all that good stuff, and 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 you know the the uh, public health being as important as it was back in the day. Everybody said, you know what, you got to take this vaccine. There was no bitching and moaning, and we pretty much wiped out polio. Um, but there was a fundraiser. Okay, uh, I, I, in 1938, uh, Roosevelt uh, basically wanted to appeal to the general public, um, and there was a fundraiser where uh, a celebrity at the time, a singer, songwriter, comedian, vaudevillian Eddie Cantor, basically jokingly, it was just him riffing. Okay, as a stand-up comic, uh, appealed to the public. To send dimes to the president. Like, just send a dime. Everybody can afford a dime. Send a dime to the president for for his research into polio and for this foundation, right? Okay. So, Eddie Cantor, being the celebrity he was at the time, of course, it raised thousands of dollars. People sent money and, and everything else like that. Great and everything. But, over the next several months, the White House was flooded with envelopes of people sending dimes. <laughs> 2,680,000 dimes, to be precise. Jay, crunch the numbers on that. That's like a billion dollars. <laughs> I, I haven't done the math, so I'm going to go with the math teacher who can do this stuff in his head, apparently. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I will figure it out. Yeah, you we, we were okay that. with your initial estimate. <laughs> you no, what's the, what's five, the number of it? Uh, 2680000 You crunch that while I finish this out here. So 2680000 dimes show up at the White House over a period of time. Which not only, which I found out is why the March of Dimes is, called the, is now called the March of Dimes, because Roosevelt eventually changed the name. But it's why Franklin Delano Roosevelt is on the dime. Oh. Because before that, it was the Mercury dime. It had the, it had the Greek god Mercury uh, on it. And, 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 you know, I being the... Crap, what's the name of a coin collector? Nerd? Coin collector? Oh. No, no, there's a term for it. Coinologist. No, no, no. It's, it's like an, 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 an mystiologist. Uh, virgin coin coinographer. <laughs> He's a hey. coin coinographer. Coin. No, not, not a coinographer. You're, you're coin, a coin, coinologist. Coin, you're coin operated. You're, you're coin op. You're no. a coin or cornoperator. Cur- you're a pinball machine. You're coin. Coin. Pin, pinball wizard. Con. Yep, no. There it is. Okay. Right there. Swan, Simi, Sam, Samson. Sam. I was way, I'm off. way off. Oh. Anyway. But that is why <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt is on the dime. And 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 why the March of Dimes is called the March of Dimes. Um uh, uh, that's a comedian okay. in nineteen thirty eight said send a dime to the White House. And the public did not send it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Anyway, go ahead, Jay. Uh, 
Okay, hold on here. You had I I tried to riff as long as I could. Okay, okay, no, no, I it's fine. Uh, okay, all right, got that. Okay, got that. Um, okay, so okay, so because I'm a math teacher and a yep. nerd, I couldn't just leave it at what you gave me. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, two two million six hundred eighty thousand dimes. Yes. That multiplication actually works out pretty easily. You take it times 0.1 because each dime is 10 cents. Yep. yep, yep. So 0.1 gives you then. So basically you just have to drop off a zero, uh-huh. which makes it $268,000. Uh, of, of 1938 money. Yeah. Yes. Which, yep, yep, which yep. I continued down that trend because I am a math teacher and math nerd. And yep. I was like, okay, inflation multiplier. So I adjusted it for inflation. That is the equivalent of $5,670,880 today. You know what? You know, the 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 the, the general populace just sending in a dime five, over five, almost $5.5 million. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to make an appeal here. You know, uh, I I think the the general populace today is more should send everyone to the show a dime. Yes. Yes. Well, no, 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 no. They should just <laughs> send us collectively, not every one of us a dime, just collectively. I think they should send us a dime. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm even going to make it easier for you. The general populace should send us a nickel. You know. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt had the March of Dimes. We are going to have the pub crawl of nickels. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> uh, also, Scott, thank you for this because now I have continued down this path. Yep. Um, so to about so two million six hundred eighty thousand dimes. So. Just round it 2.7 million dimes, basically. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if if that was represented one person, uh, and the population eight compared to that, so that's two percent of the population. So two percent of the entire United States population sent in a dime. Well, no, 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 hang on. That's two percent of today's population, or the population no. in thirty-eight. Two percent of the nineteen thirty-eight population. Okay, two percent. Wow, really? Yeah, I would have figured that was that was. Uh, I figured that was more. I, I would. I would. But, I figured you know higher, but yeah. Just imagine then if they had actually sent in, uh, if more of the population had sent in well, time. Well, to be fair, it was nineteen thirty-eight, which means that uh, probably only five to eight percent of the U.S. population actually heard the appeal because it probably went out on the radio that's true you know um yeah and, and and there was a lot of places now imagine that today like if uh a major celebrity today and i'm talking like a major celebrity you know like the actor that played webster like if he put out a call on social media Someone so famous, you don't even know their actual name. Somebody <laughs> of that <laughs> caliber. Is Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis, is that his name? Did, did Daniel Day-Lewis play Webster? <laughs> I thought so, I don't know. Who the fuck am I talking about then? <laughs> I don't know. 
Hang on. No, I got to look this up now. <laughs> We're so far off the rails now. It doesn't matter. Give me a yep. second. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel sure. Lewis. Emmanuel Lewis. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Now look up who Daniel Day Lewis is. I just want you to realize how inadvertently hilarious of a joke you made. Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, he's the one that's in that little-known movie that, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that that nobody has heard of before. That what that flew under the radar. I uh-huh. love Daniel Day Lewis. He's yeah. great. Now don't get me wrong. Daniel uh, Day Lewis is pretty method, but I'm pretty sure yeah. he didn't play Webster. <laughs> <laughs> I do, is it wrong that I now want to see a, a Webster movie with Daniel Day Lewis? No, part? because I do too. <laughs> I got the Lewis part right. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, filling out our trio of Lone Rangers. Uh, and if you don't get that reference, just stop listening to the show right now. He's the man. <laughs> Joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean. Maybe he's not even here. Maybe we just have so many sound clips from him. We've created an elaborate AI network that just generates phrases and things he would say. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. We'll find out. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Doc, or maybe RoboDoc. I don't know. Uh, uh, I got I got a good one. It, this is inspired by today's um, topic, All right. Today's shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, you ready? Yes. You ready? Okay, okay, here we go. So okay. these are, th- these are, <laughs> this is John Voight, this is Hispanic John Voight in different <laughs> movies. You ready? Okay. Oh, dear God. You're going to need a bigger boat. Huh? Yeah? No? Yeah? That, that a good one? You like that one? Huh? Huh? If it bleeds, we can kill it. Huh? Yeah, maybe we need a yeah. baseline of John of, uh, Latino John Voight. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Come out to the coast. We have a few lands. Don't look into the eyes of those you kill. They'll haunt you forever. We yeah. have. Okay, we have. Yeah. That one. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh, here we go. When he. Anybody... You killed my father. Prepare to die. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I, I think I think Martha and Latino John Voight need to do a duet. Have some dialogue together. Yeah. Sure do. We'll have to pick a piece. We do. Yeah. Pick a. Pick I want to know why Latino John Voight hasn't just started giving us the lyrics of uh, "Baby Got Back." <laughs> I could know all the words. Don't want yeah. none. Oh, God. He's got buns, hon. As he Forever. says. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the doc, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, uh, Latino John Voight. He's my new favorite thing. <laughs> Latino thank- John Voight is, is awesome. He's a national thank you. thank you, Anaconda. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> All right, believe it or not, we're not actually here to talk about the March of Dimes or Latino John Voight today uh, or the population of the U.S. in 1938. Those are not the things we're actually here to talk about. That was all just a pre-show shenanigans. <clears throat> so if you're still with us, thank you. Uh, or if you just fast-forwarded to get to this part, hey, here's where the show really starts. Today, we're talking about one of Scott Cox's favorite things in the entire world. 
which you should automatically know means I'm being sarcastic and he hates this. Uh, we're talking about crossovers and all their glory or dismay, uh, however you happen to feel about them, because we'll get into that. Uh, we're talking about when you take the one thing you love and the other thing you love and you mash them together, it, it's going to be awesome, right? How could you ever fail ever yeah. with the crossover? Yeah. We're gonna. I think we're gonna gonna get into that a little bit today. But uh, so what 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 spawned this was, uh, I threw a topic out that I still kind of want to do. Um, now that all the illegal red tape has been cleared up, Marvel Comics uh, via their parent company Disney now has the rights to do Predator comics. Uh, in fact, I think the first issue of their new Predator number one came out last month. Um, I haven't picked it up yet because I'm terrible and I haven't been in this comic shop in forever. Uh, but to promote that, they put out a series of um, uh, variant covers. Sorry, words are escaping me today. Uh, that featured the Predator and various Marvel characters. Now, that's not what the story in the book is about. They're just variant covers to promote. Hey, look, we have Predator now. Uh, so that got me thinking, what would be cool characters from Marvel Universe to have fight the Predator. Uh, and then everybody shat on that and said it was stupid and dumb and I should quit and retire and go away and they all hate me now. Well, or something like that. No, well, no, something no, like that. That's what I heard. Wait, no, no. Wait, to, be, to be fair, uh, Scott and I didn't want to listen to an hour and a half uh, monologue of why Thor would beat the Predator <laughs> in hand-to-hand combat. That's, See, that's I, the... I, uh, here's here's where you're wrong, Jay. I wouldn't even put Thor on that list. Well, for reasons we'll get into later in this show. But uh, Jay, sorry, go ahead, Scott. I'm trying to uh, jump in here. No, sorry, it's okay. A couple of things. One, up until this point, I didn't realize you were talking comics because no, no. none oh, okay. of the, none of the texts said anything about comics. I thought you were talking about the the licensing in the movies. And you were talking about a crossover movie. No, that would be god awful. Sorry, that was my bad. Missing. So, so maybe we'll maybe yeah. we'll tuck that away for later then. Well, don't get me wrong. I still hate it. That's fine, but, but for different reasons. No, no, I would never suggest a Predator MCU crossover. That'd be stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant in the comics, who should crossover? But that does bring up a thing. Come back to that because we can we can we can suss that out. But then Jay took that idea and and very uh, very intelligently crafted it into why don't we just break down crossovers in general and what works and what doesn't work and in that kind of thing. And so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk crossovers in general, not specifically, um, and the do's and don'ts and the ins and outs. So with that being said, let's start go around the horn and very quickly from everybody. Uh, before we get into this, just gauge everyone's thoughts and feelings about crossovers in general. Jay, how do you feel about crossovers in general? Well, I'm kind of torn because, like, to me, every Avengers movie is a giant crossover. Okay. Um, And, like, I enjoy the Avengers movies. Uh, but at the same time, I get really upset when, like... I, I'm watching a show that I love and it's like, oh, you got to watch the episode of this show that you haven't been watching at all to know what happens in the show that you love. And that frustrates the hell out of me. Because like if I'm dedicated to one show and I'm watching it, I don't want to have to dedicate more time to a second show. 
mm-hmm. just for those crossover episodes that you still need for the storyline in your own show. Sir, as a comic book reader, <laughs> I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump yeah. into that. There, there, there's nothing I hate more than when the current storyline in the comic I'm reading suddenly is a crossover with a book I don't read. And now I have to go pick up three random issues of the Hulk comic because Thor has a crossover. And yeah. I'm missing one, so I don't know how the freaking story ends. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And, and, you, and you get the, you open up your issue of the comic, and there's like a line of dialogue that has an asterisk, and you look at the bottom of the page for what the asterisk means. Mm-hmm. And it's like, see issues, blah, 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 of blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn it! Well, not even that. Not any, anymore. Literally, you, you pick up, so I think the, so the, there is a Hulk Thor crossover going on. I think it's over now. Um, but literally, it started in a one shot, and then the second issue where part of the story was Hulk. So when I picked up my copy of Thor and opened it up, it said uh, um, "Banner of War Part 3. and I was like, uh, "What?" <laughs> so I pull out my 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 comics. I'm like, "Am I missing two issues? What the hell happened?" Nope, nope. It's just okay. I just I'm missing the two parts of this story, but nope. I've got all my Thor books. God damn it! So I had to go track down a one shot. The Banner of War Alpha, because we didn't even give it a number. <clears throat> and then three issues of Hulk, and I think I'm still missing one of them. But so, but anyway, point being, Jay, I totally get your frustration there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Looking at UCW. <laughs> well, that's because it's comic books. <laughs> CW <laughs> just comic books on TV. Uh, Scott, how do you feel about crossovers as i well, move my mic and just recline in my chair for an hour no 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 it, it's okay it's okay <laughs> yeah. so here so jay actually touches on um uh an aspect that i i've had to do some serious soul searching on and it's okay. made me do a little bit of redefining here okay um because i believe when you originally uh broached the subject of because i think the original text was something along the lines and i'm paraphrasing here of a predator marvel crossover what do we think uh, or what do we want to see or something like that and my mm-hmm. response was absolutely nothing because crossovers are dumb and need to die oh uh, that well, sounds verbatim what you said yeah mm-hmm. yeah scott i have the text hold on here i'll, I'll read it for you okay hold <laughs> on well, can, okay. can, can latino okay. john voigt read it <laughs> this, is the, the, <laughs> this is the text from obi john okay Hey, how do you guys feel about an hour and a half conversation about how awesome Thor is and how I have 800 <laughs> hammers at my apartment and we can just talk about Thor? And then it goes, Thor, Sir, Thor, fair, Thor, I Thor, suggest- Thor, Thor, Obi-Wan, Thor, 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 Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Thor. Sir, um, I suggest that every week. I, I couldn't quite decipher that the Obi-Wan parts of the Thor, but... I, <laughs> I talk long enough, Obi Wan just comes out. It happens. Uh, oh, sorry, Obi- yeah, sorry. Obi Wan's just a force ghost in the background of the fight. All I'm saying, <laughs> Obi Wan, is that I suggest that topic, Obi Wan, every single week, Obi Wan. And I don't know what you guys are so mad, Obi Wan, about me for. Obi Wan. Uh, anyway, sorry, sorry. Wow, I got really close to the mic there. Anyway, um. So I started doing research because I typically I'm not a fan of crossovers, but 
but but I started doing some research, a little bit of research into this, you know, before the episode, just so I was I had my thoughts kind of organized in my head. And like and like every time I did research into crossovers, like the Avengers always came up and shit. And 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 Jay touched on that as well, that he loves the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, I don't consider the Avengers a crossover. Huh. I don't either, but um, that's something we can get into. Yeah. So when I I think I've had to redefine my definitions and my terminology. Okay. When when I'm saying I don't like quote unquote crossovers, what I'm saying is I hate mashups. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So like if you say. If you say, "Hey, what if uh, you know, um, what if what if like like Star Trek versus Star Wars? Who would win, the Enterprise or a Star Destroyer?" You know what? Fuck you. Get 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 the hell out. You know, they're they're two totally different. They're two totally different things. They don't need to be compared. They don't need to be together and get rid of. Them. It's like it's like, "Ah, uh, what do you think about Stargate versus Chucky, what the fuck, get the, the fuck out of here! I don't, I don't give two shits. So Stargate versus Chucky, those yeah. two very random bulls. No, Scott, was... Scott, Scott is hitting some some very good territory here. Um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So when I say crossover, uh, what I'm specifically talking about is two IPs or franchises or whatever. Yes. That are not already in any way linked. Yes. Being thrown together yes. for a comic, a book, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Stargate versus Chucky. Yeah. And typically, I don't like those. I don't I don't care for them. I don't think they need to exist. But when you talk about, you know, does, you know, what about Iron Man and Captain America? Well, they're not two different IPs. They're both Marvel. They're mm-hmm. both existing in the same universe. And so when we when we get a movie that has both Iron Man and Captain America and it, it's not a quote unquote a crossover. It's just where those two characters that are already established in the same IP just they coexist. So I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me. But like you said, when you get two different IPs and genres and stuff that are just thrown together because the same parent company has happens to own both of them, then no. I, I don't want that. I don't care for that. I don't need that. Get so, rid of it. I, I, I am with you, Scott. And, and that is that, that sets up for me the, the first biggest like rule number one of ever doing a crossover. Um, and I'm going to use an example here. And I will refer back to this example throughout the show, I'm sure. Uh, because I do like crossovers with a giant asterisk. Uh, being I like crossovers. That makes sense. Um, and I know that's kind of a wide berth, but here's what I mean by that. So there's one crossover that I automatically jumped to when we started when I started writing notes for the show that is such a famous crossover that it has transcended being a crossover and has kind of become its own like yes. third label in yeah. this brand. And yeah. that is, of course, Alien vs. Predator. Oh, okay. You did not say the one that I thought you were going to say, which is the one that I like. But that's oh, okay. well, then I'm. Was it Stargate vs. Chucky? Was that the one? You <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, yeah Star, Stargate well, Child's Play is it? Now I'm, now I'm very curious to what yours is. So I'm gonna come back to that in a sec. Uh, no, Alien vs Predator. So Alien, its own franchise. Predator, its own franchise. Uh, chocolate peanut butter, if you will. And then in the '90s, uh, Fox was looking for a new franchise, and they thought, well, rather than create something new, let's take something we already got. They mashed Alien Predator together. The reason that works so fucking well is because both of those uh, franchises already have within their own lore and canon a way in for the other one to show up. Predator is an alien race that travels the cosmos looking for an increasingly dangerous game to hunt. Xenomorphs are a genetically engineered creature uh, made to be the ultimate deadly creature in, in the universe. And and has built within it, you can you know drop off a facehugger egg and come back in a hundred years and hunt whatever has grown since you've done it. So within those two uh, franchises, already had the seeds planted of how the two could come together. So you didn't have to bend over backwards to try to make them fit, like Stargate and Chucky. Uh, they already had within them the seeds for oh well yeah, it seems like on a long enough timeline those two at some point would have come into contact with each other. Uh, also, you had the bonus. Of them both being on my Fox and Zero Legal Red Tape. <laughs> we can do anything with them. We own both of them. Um, but but that is the, the example of I will I will refer back to because I think it is one that uh, works amazingly. Uh, even when it doesn't work, <laughs> it works amazingly. Uh, it's very entertaining. And again, the, the, the key thing to take away from, from this part, anyway, from talking about Alien vs. Predator is there are two properties that already had within themselves a logical way for the two of them to come together. You didn't have to bend over backwards to make one fit into the other. It's not a square peg round hole situation. Everything kind of linked together without having to force it much. You say Alien vs. Predator, and even if you've never read an AVP comic or seen a movie or whatever, if you're familiar with those two franchises, you go, oh, that, that could work. That's, that's kind of cool. Like it, just, it kind of makes sense, you know? It's um, almost like they're a sleigh ride of friendship. That's what we're about to take, Jay. <laughs> uh, so that was my, my rule number one is, uh, for, for crossovers. Uh, I just, yeah. I, I just wanted to touch on it again real Like yeah. what, what Scott said, too, about how, and I guess I got to give, like, on why I would think of Avengers as a crossover. Okay. And I understand that they're, I like, I get that they're all in the same universe. And that's fine. Like, you know, they're all in the same Marvel universe. But if you hadn't seen any of the other movies prior to going to see the Avengers, you'd be very confused. And I know this because I only saw like one of or two of the prior movies before um, going to see the Avengers. And I was very confused. I had no idea what was going on. So in my mind, when I think of like a crossover, like I could follow the story. Don't get me wrong. I could follow the story, but I'm like, who the hell is this guy with the staff? Why is he calling Thor his brother? You know, stuff like that. Why is Captain America punching a bag and having flashbacks? I was very confused. Uh, so so you, when I think of. So you'd only yeah. seen Iron Man and Thor going. No, I'm sorry. Iron Man and. Well, apparently you'd only seen Iron Man going into Avengers. <laughs> I saw Iron Man. Did I see the Hulk? No, did that come out after Avengers? 
No, uh, it had to come. Out it was before. before Avengers. It was it was well before Avengers, but it didn't actually. I think tied in until like yeah, weird shit. But it's all right. I, I think I saw Iron Man and the the Hulk with Edward Norton. Yeah, that's that's the one that counts. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk with with the Edward Norton one, Iron Man two, Thor, Cap, and then Avengers. Yeah, that was your favorite yeah, one. Yeah, that's a, all I'd seen was Iron Man and um, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, you hadn't even seen Iron Man two. So, needless yeah. to say, I was confused. And then I saw I saw Thor and Captain America yeah. after I saw Avengers. I was like, oh, oh, I get it now. So, so like when I think of crossovers, and I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way to think of crossovers. I'm just trying to explain well, my thinking as to why I think of Avengers as crossovers. Yeah. Well, is because you've got these different storylines tying together that if you don't yeah. have prior knowledge of, you're going to be very confused. I don't think you'll be very confused. You'll be oh, somewhat confused. I was confused. I can firsthand. I can tell you, yeah, I was confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you were all probably only somewhat confused because you've already said you could follow the story of Avengers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't. Okay, it, I don't want to say. I guess very confused is a wrong way to put it. But yeah, it didn't stop you from enjoying the story you were watching. Right, but it yeah. did. You know, it it gave me pause every once in a while, and that's yeah. it's kind of like. So that's the way I think of Avengers as a crossover, and like, yeah. Like Marvel, so like you need Phase One before Avengers, you need Phase yeah. Two before the next Avengers. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I think of when I think of a crossover, and I also think of like AVP as a crossover. Yeah. So, in Jay's defense, Phase One of Marvel was marketed very much that way. Yeah. That we were, we were going to set up each individual hero as their own thing. And then bring them all together for Avengers. So at least for Phase One, Jay, I'll give you a pass on that. Everything after the for the first Avengers movie, that's 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 on you, man. Well, yeah, I get that after well, the first Avengers, it's all they, a they hodgepodge of like, yeah, like yeah. It, you understand stuff. after that that like every movie is going to have references to other things. Yeah, and you kind of have to keep following along, but like that first one, I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" Well, and and to be fair, you know, Obi John, uh, in Iowa, uh, it, it's very well known and documented that in order to see a movie in theaters, I mean, you've got to travel, you know, so far, and and it just it it, it it's it's a like a whole day endeavor. To it's see. it's a fucking trek. Man. Yeah, exactly. It, it it's a it's a thing. So like people in Iowa, they only see very few movies in theaters just because it's just like everyone in Iowa is 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 nearly like an eight hour drive from the nearest theater. So well, you know, you know, Scott, you the sarcasm is thick right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can cut it with a knife, but after visiting, I would hope uh, that you actually appreciate. The the levity, yeah. I guess, of the situation. No, no, in which no. I, live. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> After visiting, first of all, Jay, I've you know now having visited, you know where you live in Lansing, Iowa. First of all, I would like to tell you I love Lansing, Iowa. Like 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 I love it. It's it's a great place. Uh, I had so much fun while I was up there. Literally, at like six thirty to seven. 45 8 o'clock ish in the morning 
just walking around town uh, with nothing going on. It was great. It was beautiful light, and 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 there were people out, and not a lot of cars, and it was just just a great time. Um, so I'm a bit envious that you live there. It's it's really great, but it is like it it, it is for me uh, being being here. It, it's like if I had if I had to go to Louisville, or for those those people who don't live in Kentucky, Louisville. Oh, how bad does that hurt, Scott? <laughs> we we had to stop and think Louisville. about it. Yeah, I did. Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> if I had if I had to travel from here to Lo- the, to, to Louisville uh, just to see a movie in theaters, uh, I'll be honest, I would never see a damn movie in theaters. That ain't happening. <laughs> it it just ain't happening. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Anyway, sorry. What I was trying to get across. Rule number one with crossovers. If the two things you're trying to cross over don't have within them some inherent way for the two franchises to link together, if you have to force them together, you probably shouldn't be crossing them over to begin with. That's my rule number one. Uh, that's a good rule. I call that the peanut butter chocolate rule. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you have to force over, again, Stargate Chucky. I don't, I'm sure we could figure a way out to do that, but should we? <laughs> Yes, all I think all things point to yes. We need a Stargate Chucky franchise. Now. Well, and, and the one my brain always goes back to when I think of that is, um, and this exists, Star Trek Green Lantern. Yes, it does. But specifically, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, which I'm like, uh, you had me for a second because at first my mind was like, okay, so Star Trek in the future and humans exploring space okay and in the world of green lantern there's the green lantern core and they police space and they're all over the universe so i guess it's plausible that like the green lantern of the 24th century could run into like the enterprise and then you slap how jordan on the cover i'm like well hold on a goddamn minute (laughs) now you're throwing time travel into it and you're just gonna ruin everything uh, I've never read it. I just know it exists, and that's one of those things where, like, no, you, you had me and you lost well, me. So, so speaking of of, of things that should not exist, mm-hmm. so here's we're gonna here is where we're gonna get into one of the small paradoxes of things in my brain. Okay. As much as I hate things like this that should not exist, mm-hmm. yet this one I somewhat enjoyed aspects of. There was for a while. There was there's a mini series of Star Trek. Um, there was a Star Trek X Men crossover. Huh. Yeah. Um, and while I bought it because I'm a Trekkie and I'm a fan of you know Marvel and the X Men and stuff, so I read it. There were things in it that made me chuckle, even though I don't like it. I don't think it needs to exist. First of all, was when the Enterprise encountered Gladiator from the Shi'ar Empire. Um, they encountered Gladiator, you know, flying out in space because he's Gladiator and he can do that. And they were trying to make contact with Gladiator. And so Gladiator hauls back and punches the shields of the Enterprise. To which Kirk responds, did he just punch my ship? And which prompts Scotty to make the statement, I 
Laddy damaged the shields too. <laughs> oh, he actually did a bit of damage because he was doing that. It was awesome. The the the, the X Men. Uh, I think it was it was Cyclops, Wolverine, Beast. I want to say Nightcrawler and Storm. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while. Okay. They had transported aboard the Enterprise somehow. They were running from Gladiator. I don't remember the circumstances of why the Enterprise was there. Uh, Marvel at the time had the Star Trek license and they were trying to generate revenue for their book. Um, but, you know, they were doing their thing uh, and, and everything. It was great. And we were reading it and a friend of mine was like, why Why don't they, why aren't, why isn't the Enterprise throwing up an intruder alert? You know, like, why aren't they registering as intruders aboard the Enterprise? Mm-hmm. To which my response was, well, as a, as a consequence of Secret War, several of the X-Men who were involved in that storyline, they're invisible to machines. Because in the 90s, during the Chris Claremont era, after Secret War, several of the X-Men and stuff were invisible to machines. They couldn't be detected by Sentinels. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So it was still bringing that canon in. But it was really great because uh, uh, there's, there's a scene where uh, they sneak into sick bay because somebody got hurt. Somebody was hurt at the beginning of this from the fight they were running from. And I think it was Wolverine, but I'm not sure. Um, so they sneak into sick bay to to try and you know uh, uh, help their wounded comrade, and uh, of course they get caught. That's where they get discovered and everything. And 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 uh, uh, Doctor McCoy is like, "What? Well, who are you people? What are you doing here?" But he's a doctor, so he doesn't turn them in. They're doing their thing. Blah blah. blah. And then Kirk comes down. That's that's when the crew of the Enterprise meets the X Men team that we have in this story. Um, and it has a great moment where Kirk looks up and he says, he says, Dr. McCoy and both Dr. McCoy and Beast look at the camera ah. and say, yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it was nice. good. So as much as I hate crossovers like this, I do buy them when they're like Trek because I've got a couple. Um, and, and that was kind of funny. So, but do I think that the the crossover needed to exist? No, no, I don't. It it, well, it any shape form or fashion. That beautifully illustrates my second cardinal rule of crossover, Scott. Woo-hoo! Uh, and, and this can can save or ruin uh, a crossover, and it can also help determine if you should even bother doing the crossover in the first place. And that is once you've crossed these characters into a universe where they exist at the same time in the same space. This might sound weird, but hear me out. They need to interact with each other. We need to see <laughs> Beast and McCoy picking each other's brains. We want to see, and the example I'm going to use here is uh, Power Rangers Ninja Turtles, which had a great crossover from IDW uh, a couple years back. We want to see Leo and Jason sparring yes. and talking about sword technique. We yes. want to see Billy and Donnie working on an invention together. Yes. We want to see Mikey and Zach working on throwing a party for people. We want to see Zordon and Splinter commiserating about how a bunch of a pain in the ass teenagers are. Yes. Those are things we like to see. Yes. So once they're in the universe together, they have got to actually interact with one another and not just 
fighting each other, but actually interact with one another. You want to yes. see those characters come together. Yes. But and, but and what, if, can, what if... So I was just going to say, what if the goal of the crossover is for them just to fight with each other? I'm going to get to that. I'm going yeah, to get to that. It's a bad fucking crossover. Yeah. Well, I'm ah, gonna, I disagree. I'm going to get to that. That's all right. Well, yeah. That, that's on. that's on the agenda. Give me two seconds. Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, part of the fun is, is seeing those inner uh, personalities yes. react to each other. I, uh, I would agree completely. In fact, in, in that crossover that I mentioned, the Star Trek X Men crossover, uh, one of, it actually has one of my favorite covers of all time. Uh, it was either issue two or issue three. I forget which one. But it's Beast and Spock playing three-dimensional chess. Ooh. And Spock, of course, is in his, uni- in his original series uniform. He's, he's sitting there. He's on the right-hand side of the cover. He's sitting in the original series chair, right? You know, he's doing his thing. And he's stoic, as always, because it's Spock. You got the 3D chessboard in front. On the left hand side is Beast perched, gripping with toes on the back of the chair with his with his with his hand, you know, on his chin doing the hmm pose. It's just a beautiful cover. Um, I love it. Yeah. It's great. So yes, I would agree with you. If you're gonna do that, if if we're gonna do these types of crossovers and stuff, then yes, we need to see these dynamic personalities interacting with each other. Not just in a fight, not just in a blah, 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 but we need to see character interaction. Um, Ghostbusters TMNT uh, Mm -hmm. has that. You know, with the different personalities, because, well, and to be fair, IDW does this actually very well. Um, Because in both Ghostbusters and TMNT, it's four on four. Right, mm-hmm. so you've got Egon and Dante, Dante, Egon and 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 um, Donnie. No, not Donnie. Egon and and uh, yeah, Donatello. Mm-hmm. Donatello. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Donnie. Wow, my brain, my brain froze. Um, uh, and everything. Um, and I forget who the others are because I really only care about Egon and Dante. <laughs> Well, Egon and Donnie are the Donnie, only ones that really Donnie. kind of match up, um, which yeah. is why I think, which is why I think the Power Rangers Turtles crossover was a little bit better because the personalities match up a bit more. But yeah, and the reason I come to that is that can save uh, if you if you've had to futz on rule number one and bend over backwards to make these two properties match together, rule number two can save you. Um, because yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I read the Ghostbusters Turtles crossover and I was like, okay, yeah, they both live in New York. So I guess we can make that work somehow, even though one deal with the paranormal and one fight ninjas, like there's not really much crossover there. Um, but seeing their personalities interact was really entertaining. So it's kind of like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll let you off the hook on rule number one. Cause you nailed rule number two. Yeah. Uh, and this is also why flip side, um, after the success of Freddy vs. Jason, people started throwing out all kinds of slashers. Oh, what if they did uh, Jason versus Michael Myers? To which, to this day, I say, that would be fucking stupid. That would be the dumbest, most boring crossover ever because it's two big guys in white masks who don't talk. How are they going to interact? <laughs> Plot twist. Stand... They both 
They yeah. take off their masks and have a conversation. They're going to stand at <laughs> opposite ends of the room and stare at each other while they breathe heavy? While sipping tea with their mm-hmm. pinkies up. The only reason Freddy versus Jason worked is because Freddy has enough personality and gab for the both of them. And you can play that off each other. Yeah. But having but, two stoic, silent, heavy-breathing, white-masked serial killers, that sounds boring as hell. Well, and and that's one of the few crossovers, like crossover mashups, mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Like I love Freddy versus Jason, and it's also one of the points I have against Alien versus Predator. As much as I love that concept, uh, like I said, I, I'm going to keep coming back to that. And Jay, I think you can you can uh, uh, dovetail off this a little bit too. But one of the things that sucks about the AVP movies. First of all, we spend almost an hour until we see an alien and a predator on screen at the same time. Yeah. And then when they do, we get like a shitty WWE match between an alien and a predator. Yes. That is very, very much uh, anticlimactic because that's all we have to do with them is have them fight each other. And I don't just mean like they're killing each other in, in cool and interesting ways. No, like... That's not how either the alien or the predator function. But here they are literally slamming each other into walls. And I think at one point the predator actually body slams the alien. And it's like, that's not how either one of them fight. Why are you doing yeah. this? <laughs> that's, not uh, how, that's not how the force works. Uh, and then the, what I find interesting in that movie, too, is like, the one predator you're supposed to be behind and like is the i guess main and main protagonist predator mm-hmm. like you're like oh cool he killed some aliens and you're like oh, okay but he didn't do it in a way that like really kind of was that cool he sliced off the head of one uh then sliced a face hugger in half you know and he's just like okay neat now what? Yeah. He... We spend way too much time getting to the, the, the pyramid in the Arctic and walking around. And it's like, by the time they finally show up, we're so like, dear God, give us anything. I'm so bored right now. And then we finally get there. Like, ah, oh, here we go. And then it's like, wow, this is this is what you're doing. This is what you got. This is your. OK, wow. Yeah. So like, as bad as AVPR is, uh, uh, as hard as it is to tell anything going on in that movie, I will give it points in that the Predator acts like a Predator in that movie, as opposed to oh, the yeah. first one. Right? I don't, I don't, and, I don't know what Predator movie they watched. And a, and uh, I, I'm kind of the opposite of what John thinks about Requiem. Um, I kind of liked it in the sense that. Uh, zero fucks were given about the people in that movie which yes should they have put it in like a colorado suburb no absolutely not but should people have been you know fodder that they are like yeah absolutely um so that's the fine scene i still it's, laugh at is like yeah the, the, the scene i still laugh at is character the, development we didn't need sorry right oh yeah um, you know, they, but it helps this scene because, you know, you think there's this like blossoming, blossoming romance between like the main <laughs> protagonist and this girl. And you're like, oh, maybe they'll make it out together. And then they're running through a hospital 
and she literally gets stapled to the wall by a predator's like um ninja star thing uh hilarious i laughed i i'm sure other people didn't think it was funny but i thought it was hilarious the yeah, only the, thing that can make it better would be latino john Voight, or being able to see it <laughs> yeah that's fair uh no uh, the, the, as far as avpr not giving a fuck jay uh within the first 20 minutes of that movie a kid gets face hugged yeah after watching exactly. his dad's arm melt off yeah yeah, yeah. it earned its r like, rating I'm not gonna lie. That's the that was the uh, the AVP I was thinking was gonna happen because it's Alien versus Predator. It's not, hey, let's build these human characters for an hour. And like I understand we need somebody to follow, but like we don't need an hour of character development before we get to the main guts of the movie. Like that's the point of the, the AVP was that it's Alien versus Predator. So show us Alien versus Predator. In a no holds barred <laughs> three count match. Sunday, 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 WrestleMania. Uh, See the Predator take on the alien. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, but to good. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jay. Jay, Sorry, about you know if we were going to circle around, yeah. All right. What happened? Uh, I think my mic just like pooped itself. Go ahead. No, no, it was here too. <laughs> okay. I heard nothing from you, and then and then everything you said for thirty seconds came out in like one syllable. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I I know that your your point was that you got to have character interaction, mm -hmm. um, and that they shouldn't just fight. But one of my favorite crossovers is actually an arcade fighting game okay Be because of the like the idea of it and it's um x-men versus street fighter well and therein lies an interesting point like when it comes to games like arcade games and stuff x-men versus street fighter and shit i don't give i don't give two craps for Wait, there, there's there's no narrative to any of yeah, that. Exactly. You can throw whoever you want, and it doesn't matter because it's yeah. just we're having them fight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just a fighting game. It's just a fighting game to be a fighting game. So, and like, that, yeah, yeah. If if I, you gave me, if you gave me, let's say, um, hang on here. Let's 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 get two things that are like just completely disparate. <laughs> uh, if you gave me Warehouse Thirteen, you know. Versus Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, and and you just gave me characters from each in a movie that were fighting because reasons, or in a video game because reasons with no narrative. Like we just want to see these characters fight. All right, I'm cool. Doesn't bother me. But if you give me Warehouse Thirteen, you know, uh, is in Dungeons and Dragons because an artifact sends the Warehouse 13 crew to the Dungeons and Dragons universe. All right, sorry. I'd, I'd have to I'd kind of be into that a little bit. But, you know. Um, <laughs> you could also make that work. That, that doesn't negate rule number one. We could make that, that work. It doesn't negate rule number one, exactly. <laughs> but if you tried to tell me that, 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 that Elminster 
you know, is in the same universe as Warehouse 13, then yeah, we got a problem. You're you're, you're just you're just grasping at straws. Fuck you. Get 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 your get your raspberry chocolate out of my um bar peanut butter. What the hell? Oh, gross. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, see? But, see? See? Uh, so I guess this brings up an interesting question then. Would mm-hmm. does do fighting games like that count as a crossover? No. Uh, and, no, and again, no. for me, it goes back to the narrative. Yep. Uh, we're, we're talking about telling a story of having characters that are previously not connected suddenly come together. <clears throat> fighting games. I mean, like, look at Mortal Kombat when you had like Terminator and Rambo being downloadable characters. They don't even have anything to do with the Mortal Kombat universe. They just threw them in because they're a recognizable IP, and it didn't matter because it doesn't matter because it's a fighting game. I agree. Uh, so I guess that's just like another thing, like another way my mind works. I still think of it as a crossover because it's two I mean, different things that you're combining together. You could count it as a crossover, but it, it, to me, that's it's a different category of crossover. Fighting game throws uh, every rule we're going to list out the window because it's a fighting game. You're just there to, to fight. Um, it, it's it's not trying to tell a story. It's not trying to progress characters or have any kind of narrative. Uh, it, it's literally just put these two things on together. It's like a kid playing with action figures. <clears throat> All your action figures get tossed into the same you know box at the end of the night. So Spider Man and and um, uh, whatever the Red Power Ranger are going to fight each other because I have those two toys. Does it make any sense? No. Does it need to? No. I'm a kid playing with two different toys. It doesn't matter. But guys, guys. Sorry, see, now you say that, yet having come from a background where, you know, my friends and I, when we were kids, we would take G.I. Joes and we would take Transformers and we'd take He-Man and all these little different things. And we would bring all of our toys together and we would have a nice afternoon playing with them all together. But we had to have a rule set to make sure that that everything was copacetic and came together so we actually wrote a set of rules on on the how all the powers behaved and a set of charts so that everything was on the same scale yeah. scott who hurt you as a child <laughs> uh now now if we're if we're going to talk crossovers with toys then i gotta bring up one of my favorite things that obi john always tells me about when he was a kid and he was forced to uh play with his sister and, <laughs> wow, wow hang on time out time out can we rephrase that oh yeah Cause, Cause, so, so there's a lot of connotations to it yeah back yeah, in yeah. the day a punishment for me and my brother uh would be sentenced to x amount of time of playing barbies with my sister Okay, my better. Had tons of Barbies and a huge Barbie dollhouse, and so as a punishment for for those boys, okay, you're going to go play Barbies with your sister for half an hour. That's what Jay's talking about. Okay, yes. okay, uh, that's yes. much yes. much better, much better. Yeah, I, this is why I teach math. You know, word <laughs> word putting together is, things. Well, don't let come me throw right. let me throw some math out then, real quick, Jay. So, what happens when uh, young Obi John gets in trouble? Um, and is sentenced to playing Barbies with his sister, and just so happens to be that around this time in the '90s, they started putting back out GI Joes in the 12-inch scale. Uh, you get GI Joes clearing out the Barbie dream house, um, killing Ken, and commandeering the Barbie convertible. <laughs> and, uh, 
Cobra and Destro were holding all the Barbies hostage, and only Duke and Snake Eyes could save them. <laughs> and it resulted in John's sister crying. And... Head, Barbie heads rolled, my sister cried, and my mom said, okay, we're never doing that again. <laughs> and Barbie heads rolled. I think we have a t- uh, an episode title. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the G.I. Joe Barbie crossover worked great for me. <laughs> my sister would probably argue differently. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, so character interaction. The other thing, it, it can save a crossover that, that you doesn't seem like it would work if you have cool character interactions and whatnot. Um, one of my other favorites I wanted to throw out real quick. Um, the JLA Avengers crossover. Not to be confused with Marvel versus DC. They're two different things. Um, there's this great moment where the Avengers and the JLA finally come to a head as a group. And a, a fight obviously ensues. Uh it's first of all, it's a great moment because they come together and first Superman starts speechifying the way Superman does, and Thor just fucking throws Mjolnir right at his face, uh, and that kicks off the fight. Uh, Superman's giving a big speech about, uh, and you're visitors to our world, you need to treat things with respect, and blah blah blah. And Thor just fucking throws Mjolnir. Uh, but the moment I want to talk to you is as this fracas is going on, and the the Avengers and Justice League are, are squaring off. Batman and Captain America start to engage each other. And by start, I mean they start circling. And I think one or two punches is thrown. And then they stop. And Batman just says, all right, it's conceivable you could beat me in a fight. However, I think there's more going on here. And I think you're on to that. And we should go investigate this. And the fight stops because they both agree. Yeah, us fighting is pointless. Yeah. Is this the same one where, like, like right when Superman is speechifying, or he starts speechifying, where, like, Hawkeye turns, I can't remember, he turns to somebody, and he says something along the lines of, the, these guys remind me of the Defenders or something, and he says, 10 to 1, they're being mind-controlled? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. That's is it a recurring gag about Green Arrow is, and... and- Hawkeye yeah. never getting to actually fight each other. Yes. Yeah, that was a that was, that was a great crossover. Yeah. But once again, I don't I don't consider anything like I don't consider anything Marvel DC, anything Marvel Marvel DC DC or even Marvel DC crossovers. They are technically a crossover, which is why I think I've had to redefine my my terminology as a mashup. I I don't apparently I don't mind crossovers. I hate mashups. Okay. You know. Uh, so I I, I I wanted Scott to finish because um I, I had to ask a question, Scott. Yes, sir. Are we just gonna gloss over the fact that Obi John managed to put Thor into this podcast tonight? I think you did first, sir, so <laughs> But it was sorry. But it, but I it know, was, I know. I just had I mean, to say. I mean, it. he didn't go out of his way to do it. It was, it was legitimate. It was, you know. Oh no, it was pre-planned. This was pre-planned. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna bring this up. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, it's called making notes. <sighs> notes, notes. Yeah. 
Oh, Latino John Boy doesn't need any notes. Never make notes about the men you kill. Never take notes about the men you kill. They'll haunt you forever. That makes it premeditation. They can get you for murder one. While Latino John Voight is lamenting, um, take notes, I'm going to give you something to drink. I'll be right back. Okay. (laughs) With that, uh, I was going to jump to my final note, but I'll wait till Scott to get back. Um, Jay, any fun character interactions from crossovers you've read or watched or seen you want to talk about? Or maybe terrible (sighs) interactions? Like, why did they do that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I have to bring it back up because it hasn't been touched on. And you know, and, and when it comes to crossovers, my mind, your mind, they both go to the same place every time. Mm-hmm. And it is AVP, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For me, it's AVP. That's where I go, is AVP. Yeah. And I was so stoked for that movie. And I was up and down. And I was like, okay, oh, this is cool. That's not cool. Oh, that's cool. That's not cool. Okay, but what killed me was that the predator, like the main protagonist predator, and the girl, I can't think of who, wow, her name in the movie, the ones who have the sleigh ride of friendship. Mm-hmm. He gives her this freaking awesome riot gear. Like alien riot gear with like an alien, the Xeno head as a shield and mm-hmm. an old spear with a Xeno tail on it. Yep. And the most we see her do with it is stab the queen. Yep. And so, like, they set up this amazing, like, they, I will give them credit. The interaction between the predator and the main female protagonist, Mm -hmm. without actually talking, a lot is said between the two of them. Like, as soon as he realized, hey, she just killed, she just took down a Xeno and she's not me. And then was like, no, I want to come with you. And like, there was so much said between the two of them without any words. And then when he just started, like, gives that head nod of like, okay, you're ready. I'm like, oh, she's going to mess up some Xenos. And it never happened. Yeah, that's another of those wasted opportunity moments. Because that was another thing they stole directly from the original novels. Where you do have, for like the entire third act of the... um, uh, what's it called? AVP Prey is, I believe, the first novel in the series. Uh, introduced the character of uh, Michiko Noguchi, who fills that role. But the whole like third act of that book is her and this one surviving predator taking down Xenos and kicking ass and taking names together because it's one of those the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deals. Like Under normal circumstances, neither one of them would like each other or be working together, but they're all I've got left and their backs to the wall, so they they you know they become a team, uh, and that's like I thought we were gonna head that way, just like you did. I thought, oh okay, so we're not using that character, but we're kind of cribbing her storyline. Okay, well, this could be cool, and then yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, um, and also when it comes to character interaction, I I really enjoyed how much Freddie just would not stop talking. <laughs> to Jason, <laughs> like well, you're right when you when you say that, like he spoke enough for both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's you know when when one of your character doesn't speak any words, the other one has to speak twice as much. Jay yeah. and Silent Bob. 
Exactly. Yes. Ooh. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob versus Freddy and Jason. Oh, God. <laughs> as much as I hate it, Wait, I also love is it. Is it Jay and Silent Bob or Blunt Man and Chronic? Oh. I hope it's Blunt Man and Chronic. <laughs> I really hope it would be. Blunt Man and Chronic versus Freddy and Jason. Yes. I, I want that now. As much as I hate mashups, I fucking want it. <laughs> Luntman and Chronic versus Freddy versus Jason versus Stargate versus Chucky. Well, okay, well. Versus Yes, versus Sharknado was thrown in there. Okay. All right, stop. In the, in the middle of a Sharknado, yes. Uh, so that brings me to the, the final thing, uh, which we've already kind of come to, uh, which is, again, it's not enough just to have these two things come together. We want to see them interact. And the, the way they come together should be something that you don't have to bend over backwards to make work. But within that, and this is where a lot of them fail, you also need to tell an interesting story for both things you're crossing over. In other words, Ghostbusters and Transformers, that happened. It was the thing. Uh, we did have to bend over backwards a little bit to make it work because we had Transformer ghosts. Uh, but... <laughs> It, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it was a storyline just as much for the Transformer characters as it was for the Ghostbuster characters. And that they both had development and and it was a you know a storyline that built uh and and had payoff for both characters. It wasn't a Ghostbuster story guest starring a Transformer, you know? Um so you've got to build a story for both of these things you're mashing together. That feels like it gives us something fun, new, and different. If all you have to lean on is, hey, we had these two things in the same movie. That that's all you got, uh, to quote Scott from last week's episode, it's a hell of a one trick. You got a one trick pony on your hand. And uh, you keep doing that same trick over and over, we're going to get tired of it. You got to give us more than that. Yep. Um, which is, again, we'll go back to AVP, something where the movie kind of falls flat on is we don't really have a story to tell for either one of them. Uh, we have them together and they fought. That's all you wanted, right? We wanted a little more than that. Um, so you've got to find a way. And, and um, Power Rangers Ninja Turtles is another good example of that because you had the villains get together. Uh, you uh, Shredder ends up getting the the dragon coin uh, and becoming like a Power Ranger Shredder, uh, and, and so we have the two uh, coming together, and they, they have to the turtles for for reasons end up having to use the morphers, and the tur uh, the Power Rangers depowered uh, have to go fight the Foot Clan on. It, like you know, we 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 built a way where they're interacting, and the villains are kind of uh, linked up together. So we're telling a story where the Power Rangers have to be Power Rangers without their powers, and the Ninja Turtles get to be cool, super-powered Ninja Turtles for a minute. Like you know, they get to kind of walk in each other's shoes a little bit, uh, and, and tell uh, a story for both of them. There was enough to engage. If you if you picked it up because you're a Turtles fan, you got a cool turtle story. If you're picking it up because you're a Power Rangers fan, you got a cool Power Rangers story. It appealed to both sides. If that made sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess if, you know, your, your narrative 
Because the, the narrative plays a huge part of this, whether it's good or not. Um, I guess I have to say that my penchant against the smash-up and everything is because it is somewhat of a one-trick pony. Like, everybody who wants to smash up these things that are completely disparate of each other is is they're like, hey... We like, you know, the the Viper pilots from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, and we like the, um, we like Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. So what oh, if Tyrion God. Lannister was a Viper pilot? Wow. It doesn't make any damn sense at all. Like, yeah, that is too from... drastically different. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what I was going for. Um, <laughs> you know, uh. But, you know, uh, exactly. The narrative has to provide some kind of a context for this stuff to even make it even remotely work. Mm-hmm. I got well, Matt, it, Scott. Go ahead. I've been thinking about this for a while now. Chucky infiltrates the secret base <laughs> where the Stargate is Hang by on. acting hey. like a little... No, what? sorry, sorry. Sorry, no, eh, time out, eh, put a pin in it. You can't say the secret base where the Stargate is. You have to tell me where does the Stargate operate out of, sir. You it's cannot be on this show and tell me, <clears throat> not tell me where the Stargate is. I, it's, I, um, Cheyenne uh, Mountain Complex. The Cheyenne Mountain Complex. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna give it to you because I like you and you're a friend. But I feel like <laughs> you're a Well, okay. Just hear me out. All right. Chucky infiltrates the base. Okay. Uh, by pretending to be a little buddy doll that okay. like somebody picks up for their kid. Something. As yeah. like a Christmas yeah. present. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he like he he stumbles upon the Stargate. And, like, goes through it. So then they have to, like, go find him and stop him. Star Stargate versus Chucky. Got I, it. I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> I just want to see a scene where a bunch of, like, uh, um, uh, wow, I can't think of names now. Jaffa soldiers come through yeah. and, and see a doll on the ground. And like, what is this? And all of a sudden, Chucky just starts, like, you know, taking him out. Well, no. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I like that scene. That's a great scene. But, but with Chucky being what he is and everything, I feel like for some odd reason, Chucky would be in command. Like, like, like at the climax of the story, like when we go into Act Three, Chucky uh, comes back to Earth, comes back to the SGC, uh, in command of a small like uh, replicator army. Like what if what if Chucky crosses with the replicators, and we get a to replic- become Uber Chucky? We yeah, in space. Yeah, we get Uber Chucky in space with the replicator. Technology. And then at the end, the only person we can bring in to stop him is Uber Jason from Jason X. <laughs> uh, place your bets. God, I fucking love it, and I fucking. Uh, no, so uh, Scott, your your Tyrion Lannister uh, Battlestar Galactica brings up a great point. Any any crossover mashup, whatever you want to call it, 
has to pass what I call the why test. Uh, yep. So if I pick up an issue, it's be like, hey, what if <clears throat> Tyrion Lannister was a Viper pilot? My first instinct is going to be, why? Uh, yep. Like, wh- why? What story is begging to be told by doing that? Why? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> if you can't pass the why test, the other three rules go right out the window. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I feel like sci-fi throws all those rules right out the window um, when they, they they do sort of movies and then do a versus uh, like like um, you know Krakow Krak- Sapien versus Sharktopus. Yep. Like you know that. Yeah. It's a way to recycle bad CGI footage we already have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but doesn't mean I wouldn't watch like ten minutes of it just just because. <laughs> Look, give me that alcohol. We'll make it good. Uh, so, <laughs> Sharktopus versus Robo Cobra. <laughs> See, what's funny? I don't even know if he's making that up or if it's real. Because fifty-fifty. Well, you know how they make movies at sci-fi is they have a dark Yeah, no, movie. literally. I'm saying like 50-50, that's real or you're making it up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so that being said, uh, I do want to run through. We've named a few. Um, but if we, everyone wants to go around the horn, uh, talk about good examples and bad examples of mashups. Um, so the one I threw out there was that everyone talks about, you know, Jason versus Michael Myers. That's a stupid idea. Why would you do that? Um, another one, and this exists. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out why or who bought it or why it was popular enough. They did a second, like a, a second volume of it. But I swear to God, this is real. Archie meets the Punisher. Uh, <laughs> why? That's real. That exists. <laughs> okay. As does wow. Predator meets Archie. I, I feel like that would be a very short meeting. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, those are ones where I just think, why? That's just funny. You think you're gonna get the Archie fans into Punisher? <laughs> what's what's how's how's that gonna work? Uh yeah. I don't I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Like I still haven't seen I need to see it. I've heard it's not a great movie, but I do want to see Godzilla versus Kong. I need it's a to watch terrible that movie, too. but the fights are awesome. And you know that's that's one where I like I kind of like the idea, um, because I'm I'm pretty sure it was done in like the '60s. Yep. '60s or '70s. Jay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's been done before, was, uh, and and they spent. Yeah three movies building up to it yeah yes and i i like the idea of it because you know you have giant monster versus giant monster um here crazy crazy idea i'm gonna throw out there but it's a mashup i crossover whatever you want to call it that i would go see is like pacific rim versus godzilla and see that one is not difficult to do that passed all the tests i I don't hear uh, that and think why i think oh that could be cool and then you start thinking, well, how that. would that work? Oh, well, there's yeah, a yeah. rift at the bottom of the ocean. Okay, well, we can just say Godzilla comes through the rift. Okay. 
Yet at the same time, I have no desire to see it. <laughs> like to me, that's a mashup. Like, like Godzilla. So Godzilla, is, you you said there's a rift at the bottom of the ocean, and Godzilla comes through it. That's just completely counterintuitive to the Godzilla origin. Godzilla is uh, a, a a a monster that is is derived from the pollution of man upon the environment, and you know, uh, and then and then um, um, Pacific Rim has well fuck all to do with that, you know. And <laughs> uh, okay, so all, all right, Scott, I got it. Pacific Rim versus Godzilla is a mashup that I'm like, fuck, I don't want to see it. I don't care. Like, I got, all right, I, I don't, I got, I'm I don't down for it. I'm that. down for it, Jay. I can make. I it got work. it. I I got one, Scott. I got one that will appease you. You ready? All right, go ahead. The crew of uh, the Enterprise has to go back in time. Nope. To um, save, save some whales. Uh, but they instead of transporting the whales, they accidentally uh, snag Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla versus Star Trek. A, which Enterprise? B, <laughs> how would they accidentally make this mistake? The, uh, the guy running the transporter, he uh, he was drinking that day. Ensign Ricky yeah. was on transporter duty. <laughs> he's, he's knocking back a few. You know, he had a few too many. Yeah, locked onto the wrong biological. Now, Galaxy Quest meets Godzilla. Sure. You made that work. <laughs> Yeah, Orville meets Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so again, I, I was just trying to think of awkward crossover slash mashups that would just make Scott cringe. Um, I've got so I, I've already brought up Green Lantern and Star Trek, which for me I'm just like, oh, you know. At first, when I just heard the name, I was like, okay, I can see that maybe working, and then I learned more about it. I'm like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, another one from comics that I don't, it felt like one of those, why? Because we can. Um, Conan the Barbarian meets the Avengers. Okay. Yeah, that that's the thing. Savage Avengers. He's, he's, he's a member of the Savage Avengers. It's like him. And, and for even then, I'm like, okay, well, like, Conan the Barbarian and the Black Knight, that could be a fun mashup because there's been Black Knights throughout history. So, okay, I, I can make medieval magic in Conan, and okay, cool. No, but it's it's like Conan and Wolverine and Punisher and like Ghost Rider, maybe. I don't know. It's a weird ass team, and I'm like, none of this makes sense. Oh, but it's a thing. It exists. It's out there. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy meet Luke Skywalker. That's a matter of time, sir. Just to, you go to the right Disney park, you can see that. <laughs> Scott, Scott would read that one. They're on opposite ends of the park. You can't see. I that. would. Why would? Why would I read that? I don't know. I was just. Uh, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, but ones I do want to give a shout out to that are good examples of this. The JLA Avengers crossover is awesome. Power Rangers Ninja Turtles is fun. Um, Freddy vs. Jason is a great Freddy and Jason movie. Uh, Jason brought it up earlier, but Godzilla vs. Kong. The fights are fantastic. The rest of the movie is dog shit, but the fights are great. 
uh, and then the three movies leading up to it were awesome. So watch watch all that. Um, and then uh, all the AVP comics and novels are pretty awesome. So go check those out. Um, watch and watch AVP. If you haven't watched AVP, just watch it for the greatest scene in cinema history. Uh, they need being... a song for that. They need a song like Slay Ride of Friendship. All right, Jay, yeah, that's your homework. Yeah. By the first snowfall, I need a Slay Ride of Friendship song. Got it. it. I'll, okay. I'll work on it. Uh, so I'm going to, it will end the show today uh, with a question I want to propose to my co hosts. Guys, following the rules we have set and our levels of nerddom, what's a crossover you want to see? Shit, I was not prepared to answer that question. It's okay. I can stall for time. Jay, crossover you want to see? Like the one I already said. Uh, Pacific Rim versus Godzilla. Okay. And not necessarily like... Uh, and what I think of is like Pacific Rim in, in the terms of like, okay, they built these giant machines to fight kaiju. And like, I know that Scott said Godzilla wouldn't come through the... But, but you could finagle a way to work it out and then we could throw in another trope that Scott hates. Uh, it would have to be a team up between Godzilla and like Gypsy Danger to take down an even bigger threat. Well, yeah, because King Ghidorah came through the portal too and now they got to take, take down Ghidorah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would watch, I would watch read the that. shit out yeah. of that movie. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> um, there's one I've been waiting for for years and this is what I'm going to file under the now for something completely different category. Disney, I need you to get your shit together. I need to know why in the year 2022, I still have yet to see Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger tracking down escaped experiment number 626. Oh. Where's my Buzz Lightyear Stitch crossover? Come on, guys. It writes itself. And if it doesn't call me, I work cheap. That's fair. That's a fair one. Been waiting on that for years, man. Years. That would be interesting. I just feel like you got Buzz Lightyear Space Cop and you got Stitch, you know, Escape Experiment also being traced by Space Cops. Come on. Do the math. Oh, could you imagine, like, could you imagine an interaction? You know, we talk about character interactions between, um, is it Gantu? Yes, the big shark guy. Between, yeah, between Gantu and Buzz. <laughs> yeah, buddy, cop that up, man. <laughs> the galactic security, whatever they're called, has to call in the space rangers for help. It's Gantu and Buzz. Until, of course, at the end, Buzz realizes that Stitch really is happy and at home with his Ohanu. Uh, and he's going to leave him there. But first, they have to fight off big whatever threat. So you end up with the Buzz Lightyear Stitch team up. So Yes. Uh, which is my way of somehow getting Stitch into Space Ranger armor. That's what I'm saying. So. Oh, yes. I was just going to say that. Could you imagine Stitch like pressing yep. the red button? Because he's got four arms. So he can dual wield yeah. them. Yep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, Scott, any ideas? I got uh, one more I can throw out to stall. Yeah, you may have to because once okay. again, I was not I was not expecting this question, and I'm I'm <laughs> my my brain is racing. 
trying okay. to figure out which kind of crossover I would like to see. Go ahead. Start all right. Again. So this one apparently almost happened. And I want to once again take this opportunity in this platform to call out one Kevin Feige. You fucking coward. Um, you have two amazing characters. <clears throat> both a little science fiction-y. Both total superhero-y. Fighting Nazis around World War II. Yeah, I'm talking Captain America and the Rocketeer. And apparently, Ooh. in the first episode of What If, in one of the original screenplays, someone wrote in a cameo from the Rocketeer, and Kevin Feige said, no, we're not doing that. Fuck you, Kevin oh. Feige. What's your problem with the Rocketeer and Captain America fighting up to fight, teaming up to fight Nazis, huh? Come on now. Cat learns that Hydra is secretly working on a platoon of flying soldiers, and they bring in an outsider to help Cap track him down. Cliff Secord gets recruited by the uh, SS SSR, yeah, SSR that Cat works for back in the day, or Shield if it's the comics or whatever the hell. I don't really care. <clears throat> so it's Cap and it's Cliff Secord, Rocketeer, and Cap fighting Nazis, fighting fighting Nazis with rocket packs. Maybe Cap gets fighting Nazis. Pack. Yeah. Um. Just I, I'm still helping the stall for time, and I'm just thinking of something. <laughs> just just because I think it would be badass to see visually. Okay. Whatsoever, so it doesn't pass a few of the rules. But um, Voltron versus the Megazord. Hang on. Giant robots, Wait. Right? Time. Time. Okay. I'm okay. I'm calling point of order here. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. we've actually done an episode of this mm -hmm. where we did a versus where one of you argued for the Voltron and one of you argued for the Megazord and I was the mediator. Mm -hmm. We've done this. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Th this has been done. He okay. still wants to see it, though. Still want to see it. It doesn't change anything. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Ooh, Voltron versus Godzilla. There you go. Let's make that happen. Jay just wants to see giant things smash each other, okay? He doesn't care if they're know, robots okay. or lizards or whatever. Hey, I had you right. I'm not You're hating. right. Okay. The the first time that I ever saw a preview for Pacific Rim mm -hmm. and our our uh mutual friend Bob uh, said, dude, you're gonna love this movie. Uh I think it was Bob. So I think Bob had seen it before me. Anyway, he's like, you, you need to go see it. And then I. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So now every time that there's giant robots and giant creatures of some sort, I want them to fight. I want to see more of them. Um, literally Pacific Rim could just keep coming out with movies and I would keep going to see them for no reason whatsoever. It has to, it has to make zero sense to me and I'll go see it. It's fine. Scott? All right. So after thinking about this long and hard, and by long, I mean the last uh, one minute, 45 seconds. I, I, I One thing that pops into my mind of a crossover I kind of wouldn't mind to see. Okay. Would be G.I. Joe. Uh-huh. And... Versus Barbie. No. No, we already, oh. we already did that. Yeah, and, and I don't mean the GI Joe movies. I just mean GI Joe as a, as a concept IP. 
you know? Real American Hero? Yeah. Okay. So G.I. Joe and H.P. Lovecraft. Like, Call of Cthulhu. Like, I want to see G.I. Joe as an organization. I want to see Duke leading a Joe contingent against a Lovecraftian threat. Didn't we kind of get that with the G.I. Joe animated movie where they're fighting giant snake lizard things up in the Arctic? Yeah, somewhat. It gets okay. close to that. It gets close to that. But so not... fuck Cobra Law, just bring yeah, in Cthulhu. Yeah, exactly. Not quite Lovecraftian threat, but yeah. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. Like, I want to see, you know, I want to see G.I. Joe completely, you know, going after uh, a, a large-scale... Um, uh, Cthulhu cult that, that's trying to summon one of the great old ones. You know, like like if you took if you took the 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 Act Three, okay. So if you took Act Three of um uh Hellboy, okay, and crossed it with Act One of the GI Joe movie, okay. That I would I would watch. I don't hate it. I'm down. So yeah, uh, and it's just yeah. That's once again that's just me. Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter body slam a monster. <laughs> well, and and that's just me looking around my uh, my geek room going. Shit, <laughs> what the fuck do I have around here I could mash up that I would kind of like to see? It's it's okay, Scott, because I kind of have one similar to that that I just thought of. All right. Uh, I want to see Doc Brown stealing other time machines. <laughs> okay. Doc Brown working for the TVA. I want to see Doc Brown. No, no, here we go. Equipment. I want to see Doc Brown crash into the TVA in a TARDIS. And then he pops out with Rick's uh, portal gun. <clears throat> but you know who's partnered up with him on this journey, Jay? Who's that? Jean-Claude Van Damme, the time cop. Ah, oh, uh, yes. God, God no. Yes. Why would <laughs> yes. you bring up time cops? Yes. And then they have to get into a rocket-propelled ship that no. fires them at a wall. <laughs> Fuck all with time <laughs> cop. Hell <laughs> That's no. That's how they travel through time. is a rocket-propelled sled <laughs> shot at a concrete wall. And they no. hope for the best so that they don't end up like two red splotches. Oh my Hell god, no. Oh shit. Oh shit. Time, time cop stupidest oh piece of shit ever. <laughs> Let's go back in time and steal gold from No. <laughs> if I could hit you both with a rolled oh up newspaper right now, I would. <laughs> so I'm hearing yes. Scott's not too crazy about that idea. <laughs> Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Take take Jean Claude Van Damme out. Sorry, sorry. Just no, Doc no, Brown. I love, with, I love it more with Van Damme in it. <laughs> Doc Brown works so, for the TVA, confiscating unlicensed time travel technology. You know, I got no problems with Van Damme. That's not what I have a problem with. When it comes to time cop, it's the whole can't touch yourself. I don't. I don't if, if you go back in time, you can't physically touch yourself because matter can't occupy the same space. Well, you know what? If two human beings are there and they're touching, 
matter is still not occupying the same space because you're a fucking moron and doesn't know how physics work. I don't know, Doc. <laughs> Ziggy says you can't have two things in the same space at the same you time. Can't. You can't. That's very true. But the strong and weak forces in an atom dictate that two people touching, regardless of their positions in their timeline, are still not occupying the same space. Deep it's breath, called physics. Okay, deep breath. <laughs> Time cop can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> we can cover all that with one line of dialogue. We have Jean Claude Van Damme meet Jean Claude Van Damme. They shake hands and he goes, Holy shit. <laughs> yes, and then Doc Brown says, Yeah, of course you can. Worry, some kind of moron. <laughs> they yeah. problem solved. Oh. Very true. Yeah. How many tickets can we put you down for, Scott? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Well, I haven't had a good laugh like that in a while. Fucking time, cop. <laughs> wow. All right. On that note, uh, there are thoughts, opinions, and rules for successful mashups or crossovers or whatever you want to call them. Um, hopefully you like some of our suggestions. Uh, let us know what you think, to which two properties you should see mashed up, and do they fit the three rules? Uh, do we leave any out? What are your favorites and or ones that just... What's the one that just absolutely fails your why test? You know, you, you hear somebody say, you just go, why the hell would you want to see that? Send us those. I want to see those in particular. <laughs> Can you beat something dumber than Stargate meets Chucky? <laughs> Let us know. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.